Welcome, foolish mortals, to a place where MP9B's knees go bump in the night, and Signal Lancer's fading light illuminates the gloomy corridors of Unicron's bowels, where strange and terrifying sounds echo from the darkest corners of a Bayformer's Twitter thread. Are you truly prepared to be tormented by talk of unaffordable toys that are only an eBay click away? If so, lean in, and before another G2 slingshot crumbles and his golden ashes fill the triple takeover hourglass, which you can probably find on our Redbubble store, join us as we call upon Vector Sigma to give episode 18 of the triple takeover toycast life. Give it life. Joining me, it is of course writer, photographer, and our very own abominable snowman, it's Maz, aka TF Square Von. Ah, ah. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> this is brilliant. Happy hauntings, Maz. How are you this evening? Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Lovely. And Maz is not the only one dying to talk to you this evening. Piercing the veil to commune with us from the other side of the M1 is a man who captures the very souls of robots with his photographic devilry. He writes, he inhabits YouTube. It is our very own ghost host, Sixo. How are you doing, Sixo? I, I don't think I've ever been more in the Halloween spirit than I have right now. Thank you very much. And I? Well, tonight, Matthew, I am Toy Coffin Soap Coffin. Or as the kind fellow who recently updated my life insurance policy calls me, Liam. Now settle in as our Halloween special brings you discussion of the ghosts, zombies and vampires who haunt the universe of the Transformers. Stick around. Forever. By like, following and subscribing to all of our social media feeds. That was amazing. Oh, that was brilliant. Although I thought you were going to say it as the guy who updated my life insurance called me dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been really spooky. It's probably worth clarifying for everybody that uh, is listening to this but can't see it, what you're wearing at the moment, Liam, isn't it? It's just my usual attire. Oh, is that your, that's your usual attire, is it? Okay. Well, I, I did say this is meant to be like the triple takeover Halloween party, but turns out I'm the only one who came dressed up. <laughs> yeah, well. How have you managed to get that spooky green filter on your camera as there well? Is a, yeah, there is a bit of that. That's the ethereal plane that I inhabit right now in this lovely thriller jacket. Do you like my decorations, by the way? Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> is that Halloween bunting? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've even got little treats for trick-or-treaters. Oh, wow. We'll have to imagine it. Some uh, Halloween Jaffa cakes. Whoa. Bonfire toffee. Chocolate popcorn pumpkins and they're pumpkin spice flavored. But wait, 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 no, no Halloween flaming hot monster munch. What is this? I ate those at work today. That was my lunch when I was trying to scribble <laughs> down this know. episode. <laughs> there it <laughs> is. Time to do anything else. That was just to get him in the mood. Yeah. Have you seen the packets of Ghostbusters fiend at the moment? I did see that, yeah. But no difference to the shape of the, the munches themselves, are there? What do you think the shape of the monster munch crisps are? They're little space invaders, aren't they? Ah. Uh, space invaders? Are they not? Are they, they're like... I always thought they were paws at first when I was a kid, but then I realised upside down they're like, you know, monsters with tentacles. I always thought they were, they were like, little, like little space invaders, like you get on those arcade games or whatever. Is that not a thing? I just thought that's what it was. Nobody knows. I'm assuming somebody knows, <laughs> and they're probably Googling it right now, but none of us do. Uh, oh, there's not, an actual, there's not an actual answer we're not going to get to find out? I used to think they were like little rings you put on, you know, with that. But then when you turn them around, they look like ghosts, don't they? What, like knuckle dusters? <laughs> yeah. Corn maze knuckle dusters. Yeah. That make your head itch. 
Is, oh, pickled onions the best. I can't wait. I'm I'm in London again soon, and I'm very much looking forward to getting my dose of pickled onion monster munch. Is that your genuinely your favourite flavour? Did I, did you see somebody else has a similar allergy to me? With I can't remember what flavour Chris it was, but what with the the, the itchy head thing? Yeah, that's yeah. the greatest revelation that's come out of this podcast so far for me. That you found someone else with the same pickled onion affliction as you do. They tweeted me after listening to this podcast. I saw. <laughs> The, the two of you should, you should get in touch. The two of you should start some sort of support group or something. But did I tell you I discovered that, you know, the KFC crisps, they give me migraines. <sighs> I think you've got allergies, mate. I think this is all, <laughs> this is what this is telling you. Is... You, know what, you know what it was, though, is I was telling Emily about this. I was saying, like, every time I eat these KFC crisps, I'm, um, I, get, I feel really sick afterwards. And she pointed out it's probably not that. It's because I ate six giant 250-gram bags of them in a row. That's what right. made me feel really ill. Right, and had yeah. Mountain Dew or Iron Brew for breakfast. Oh, Mountain Dew. Oh. What, what did I describe you as recently? Kevin McAllister if his parents never came home? Have you seen I updated my Twitter via it? Yes, I did. I'm well impressed. I told Emily and she looked at me and went, it's literally the most perfect description of you anyone has ever had. <laughs> Your description of your day today just vindicates that completely. When you were kids, um, were you are you as old as me that when you were in school here, they had like milk and they would give kids milk um, in the lower years? No, I don't recall that. Yeah, yeah, and like for Halloween, the teachers would color the milk like pink, green, different colors. Did you, did you ever have that? No, we didn't have That's that. The only no. abiding memory I have of, of of Halloween at school was colored flavored milk at milk time. Because I was just saying to Liam a second ago before we we hit record, I don't recall Halloween as a thing as a kid at all, like not at all. And I, I, I don't know, it's probably worth kind of putting into context, isn't it? Because it's only now having, you know, a child that I've started to kind of recognize it as a thing that we do. It, for me, it's always just been something that you see in American movies and TV shows. You know, there's always a Halloween special or whatever, but it's never something that I've actually celebrated in any way. Oh, I was super into it as a kid. We didn't have many parties or anything like that, but it was the perfect excuse for all the kids to gather and go around trick-or-treating to get money and stuff. Who gave you money? There's always Isn't that people. called mugging? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's acceptable one night a year, or two nights if you can count bonfire night. I think the, the only Halloween party I've ever really been to was one in LA in like 2008 or something, and it was incredible how the whole place just went mad for it in the streets, any outfit. And it wasn't just spooky outfits. It was just, it's anything. It's just a citywide costume party and it was mad. Really? I've I've never even seen that. Never seen that. Legit. I've never been trick-or-treating. Really? Nope. Well, you will soon, I guess, won't you? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's got a costume this year already. The the little man, honestly, he's uh, all geared up as a little dragon. Um, but he won't he won't wear it in front of us. It's quite strange, bless him. He's uh, he does love it. We had to convince him to put it on to try it, you know, for size and everything. Um, but he he does want to wear it uh, to school or whatever. But that he he won't wear it in front of us. Um, so like he'll go he'll go to his bedroom and put it on. But I think he's a bit shy with it. So you've never been to a Halloween party. Mm, oh, I've been to, yeah, I've been, well, I don't know if they were specifically Halloween parties. I've been to lots of parties around that time of year, but uh, maybe they were Halloween themed and I just, I don't know, never paid attention. So, like, you didn't recognise the people dressed up as ghosts and stuff? Yeah, but there's, there's, there's always people doing that kind of stuff, isn't there? And it's he just, just goes uh, as six, though, don't you know? Yeah, exactly. I just go as, <laughs> I just go as me. I just go as me. Do you know what I mean? And I, I don't know. 
Internet good, celebrity sits Have a good time. No, what, what are you on about? No, just go as me and just have a good time. And, you know, that's that. And other people wear what they wear. And Well, you are an internet celebrity because you're like the first person we know who's got an access to the dislike button on, on Twitter. So you, oh, yeah. you, you're oh, just yeah. a mere couple of followers away from a blue tick, mate. I didn't even know what it was. Honestly, this thing, it was so annoying because it's popped up in the position on Twitter of the like button. So I was like clicking away and then suddenly realized that I was pressing this button instead of the heart, the little like. And I was like, hang on a minute, what's this? And I thought it was like... Wow, how many souls have you crushed today? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've disliked a load of tweets and didn't even mean to. (laughs) Oh, I like that use of phrasing as well. Souls have you crushed. Right. Getting in the spirit. Her spirit, get it? This is this is a bit of a one-off episode, let's put it that way. But we are still sponsored. Here we go. I'm going into professional mode now. We are still sponsored by TF Source. Uh, so thank you very much to them. God, they didn't know what they were getting in for, really, did they? But you can go check them out. TFSource.com for all your Transformers third-party needs. As ever, we'll do a little segment in the middle of the podcast and talk about them a bit. And don't forget to support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. Uh, remember six O's butlers the top tier that we have you get exclusive minisodes and there's another one just around the corner that you do not want to miss this week's episode is going to be broken up into three different sections and the first of those is all about ghosts we've seen a lot of those in transformers because transformers relies a lot on horror tropes am i right oh, oh transformers oh okay yeah, you, re- you remember that- those <laughs> that's what we're talking about tonight <laughs> yeah Got you. Oh, hey, so uh, Monster Munch then. We're going back to... <laughs> <laughs> Transformer snack. Don't make me go all fiendish feet. Yeah, so the Transformer series, is, there's been a lot of horror tropes, haven't there? So we've had ghosts, we've had vampires, we've had zombies, we've had pretty much everything. And it's it's quite a lot for a kids' franchise, really, when you go through the years, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite a scary... Not scary, but quite a... Yeah, there's a lot of kind of horror elements in it, actually, when you think about it. Yeah, because there's a lot of those kind of like slasher concepts. A lot of things like that are actually quite scary, but they are condensed into quite a child-friendly way, aren't they? Like, uh, we'll go to the movie, the Transformers movie, and you start off with, you have the death of Optimus Prime, which is quite terrifying in itself. And then you follow that up with Starscream being disintegrated, which is, you know, when you think about, you break that down. If you put that in a horror film, it sounds like quite a horror film death, doesn't it? I think the worst one is the the mini bot ahead of Bumblebee that gets melted in the acid pot. I think that was the worst in the movie. Oh, yeah, that's pretty grim. Yeah, because even even throughout when you have like a the shuttle crew dying, don't you, and the the fire coming out of the mouth and stuff like that, it's actually quite brutal. And you can see there is quite a lot of elements that are inspired by scarier films, aren't they? The writers trying to kind of push boundaries in little ways. I think it was just that it was such a tonal shift from everything before as well. And it's not like it's a, a cartoon that was well known for its extreme violence or anything like that. And then what, you're 10 minutes in, not even to the film, and suddenly they're all being offed and you've got, you know, smoke <laughs> coming out of Prowl's eyes and things like that. And it's like, so what am I watching? Do you know Honestly, what I mean? Just... What, like, hmm, should we just do 20 years later or should we slaughter everyone? Yeah, yeah let's exactly. go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Emily's been doing a rewatch of Halloween, and I was and I was thinking this this almost feels tame compared to you know Transformers movie <laughs> because of the way the the body count like stacks up. You know they're just shooting them with the fire coming out of the mouth. They're all dropping dead, and you're like, man, at least Michael Myers is kind of like a bit of a stabbing, and they're gone. I think it's the fact that it's robots as well, isn't it? So of course there's a license to like maim them, rip them apart, rip heads off, and whatever, and you can just kind of get away with it in a kids' cartoon, kids' comic. Uh, I mean, the comic as well, absolutely brutal at times. Again, you've got, you know, characters getting their heads ripped off, you know, all kinds of mutilation. The smelting pit, that still haunts me, uh, the, the yeah. strange death. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's, there's Wait, what? Oh, Scrounge dies? Yeah. That's like his first appearance and last. Scrounge has one appearance? Yeah, he's a, a very, um, very well-known uh, issue, uh, the smelting pool, and uh, him and Blaster are mates. That and, I knew. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Scrounge uh, doesn't survive the issue, sadly spoilers, but uh, for for a nearly 40-year-old comic. But he, uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's him and his special arm, but unfortunately uh, he ends up in the smelting pool and Blaster goes to rescue him and kind of swings down on this like rope thing to try and rescue him and grabs his hand. And as he pulls him up, he realizes that like the whole bottom half of Scrounge is just completely melted. Um, and there's just like his, his head and his shoulder and his arm left, basically. Does he survive? Um, no. No. Blaster does. So, but yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's not a particularly pleasant uh, issue. But uh, lots of stuff like that. There's so many panels from that yeah. comic that are just like emblazoned on my brain. Uh, the one that got me for years was, uh, as a kid, was Scorponok being melted by Unicron. That really, um, that really stuck with me because he gets like a, a big battle against Unicron, and uh, Unicron blasts him with his um, with his you know la- like laser beam thing, and uh, and and you just see Scorponok dying, just lying there, like, and his face is all melting and stuff like that. It's really quite brutal. It's very graphic, but you see with stuff like that as well. You see like the skeletons, don't you? They gave them like these weird sort of skeletons inside the robots, didn't they? I don't know if you remember those. Like, yeah, you see that with Optimus Prime dies as well, don't you? As the Power Master and stuff like that, you see these. Wait, Optimus Prime dies. <laughs> Spoilers, going to ruin his childhood now. I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but in one of the early scripts for the movie, Megatron is taken to the Hall of Heroes, and originally his spirit was like meant to float off into the ether or space or whatever, and then get captured by Unicron, blah blah, Galvatron, woohoo! So there's quite a preoccupation with the paranormal from really early on in Transformers. Yeah, it's it's weird when you think that it is actually, as we said, it's a show about robots. So at what point did anybody go, oh yes, get some ghosts in there? You know, it's like it's a weird thing to do, isn't it? But they never, they, I don't think they ever really kept uh, Transformers very traditional robot franchise, did they? There was always kind of mythological elements, uh, fantastical elements in there um, of some description. It is with the movie and season three. It's funny because they are the more sci-fi leaning series, aren't they? But then they also have stuff like The Mausoleum. It's a lot darker. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ghost of Starscream, Ghost in the Machine, all that stuff. And it's in this movie where we do get to see Starscream become a ghost when he gets disintegrated by Galvatron. And then he goes on to become the franchise's easily most famous ghost because he spans every single era, even right through Beast Wars. Do we have any idea how this is meant to work? Uh, absolutely none. Was it well in the in the um, Beast Wars episode? They say that he's got a mutant indestructible spark. They don't even say that. I th- I'd need to double check. Possession, the episode where Starscream appears. Uh, what they say about it there, but they say it later in Bad Spark because they're talking about the character Rampage, who does have an indestructible spark. Um, Optimus Primal says that Rampage was an attempt to recreate Starscream's mutant indestructible spark in a Maximal. That uh, that line has always stuck with me. Uh, and I think it was a kind of retcon, if you like, of like, okay, this is why Starscream is indestructible. I like that retcon, though. It's a cool retcon, yeah. yeah. Just that he's somehow mutated and cannot be killed. Uh, because even in the cartoon, the original cartoon, even after he's like... Um, you know, you still see him like floating around and all of that, don't you? And then even after he's he's actually brought back to life, isn't he, by Unicron, uh, and then dies again, essentially. 
and then punted into space. Yeah. There's even that um, episode in Animated where he consistently just keeps getting killed and then starts possessing other... It's one of the best episodes of Animated, that is. Yeah, it was a good one. It's a strange concept because, like we are saying there, you have all of the, the deaths of all of these characters and then Starscream is somehow the only one who survives, isn't it? It's very fast and loose with the concept of death in that movie. Unlike his ghost toys, which <laughs> yes. all seem to have a propensity of falling apart. That is true, sadly. Yes. I mean, my uh, my G1 Ghost Starscream reissue has just got a chunk of his knee pad missing, and it was like that out of a sealed box. It's like, just didn't make it out of the factory <laughs> with, the, with the part of his knee pad, yeah. Yes, and sadly, my MP3G has just lost its arm this week, which oh. I think I told you both. Yep. I was absolutely gutted. Absolutely gutted. But uh, yeah, just trying, just, I mean, just literally rotating it at the arm and normally kind of hold it in a way that, you know, it doesn't put too much pressure on because it's all clear plastic and that. And it just went. So, which is a shame. I mean, it's, you know, I've had that toy since it was released in what, 2010. So 11, 11 years of joy. And I'm sure I can glue it back on, but um, still disappointed. There is somebody on Twitter right now who has commented on every single picture you've ever posted or anyone's ever posted of a clear plastic toy going, oh, yes. clear plastic is suddenly going, vindicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vindication. That's what they're thinking right now. Well, they, they, very much so. It's clear plastic, not to get into it, but it is one of those, isn't it, where people love to point it out. It's like GPS, like you can't post anything, picture of anything vaguely GPSE or GPS adjacent with, without people being like, GPS, you know, and I sometimes think, yeah, sure, but like, just, just, just dislike it. those just, replies, you know, mate. Just yeah, exactly. Them. Got the ability now. Dislike. There we go. <laughs> I actually, I'm not going to be doing a lot of disliking. That's not my my thing. But uh, oh, I'm going to wield that weapon like man. I can't wait. You're just you're just going to dislike all of my replies for a start. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. All of my hilarious replies. Yes. I think we're going to have a segment going forward, aren't we? Is what Sixo disliked on Twitter this week? Maybe. I'll say. Like his list of tweets that you must have seen. He can can do the best tweets of the month, and I'll do the most disliked tweets of the month. (laughs) Just as a compliment to his. It'll all just be tweets of mine that you'll miss. That's the thing. Annoying stuff that Sixo has said this last month. How very shellfish. (laughs) <laughs> I knew. See, I sent that one. I sent that one, and I genuinely, when I was sending it, I thought this is really going to mess off. <laughs> yes. yes, mission accomplished. I, I yeah. couldn't fathom any better response than just. <laughs> I tweeted that as well. That sounds horrifying. Behave. So Ghost of Starscream, this is like one of the most famous G1 episodes, isn't it? We kind of revisit Starscream for the first time, and it's the first time a character comes back, isn't it? Is this before Dark Awakening, when Optimus Prime's zombie comes back? Uh, uh, no, I think Dark Awakening is an earlier episode. Do you think? I think so, yes. My, I, there's, there's several orders of the, the show, isn't it? I'll look it up real quick. But uh, from memory, I remember someone saying that Dark Awakening was done fairly early on because there was so much... Um, you know, backlash about about the Optimus dying. Yeah. Um, that they were kind of like, you know, really trying to sort of get it. They brought him back to kill him off again. Yeah. As a zombie, yeah. Just like, look, he is actually dead, all right? Like, we know you wanted him back. It's not happening. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, so, yeah, so Dark Awakening was number eight, episode eight in season three. Uh, and, of course, the first five episodes are all, you know, five-parter. 
So then you've only got The Killing Jar, Chaos, and then Dark Awakening. And actually two episodes later is Starscream's Ghost. Oh, wow. Because, you see, I remember seeing Starscream's Ghost as a kid, and the only bit I remembered of it was uh, the mausoleum. You know, when they go in and they're talking about Hoffa, and I think he says, like, is it Dirge's catchphrase mm. or something like that? It's like, oh, Dark Awakening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, Starscream's Ghost, isn't it? Is it Starscream's Ghost? No, no, it's that's Dark Awakening with the mausoleum. Hmm. All right, so which is the one where it is Starscream's Ghost where Octane is hiding? That's where he comes across Starscream. That's, yep. Yes, that's Starscream's Ghost. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Dark Awakening. You're right. Is the one though where the also about mausoleum. mausoleum. Talking about Huffer yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. Like, You can see the names. Uh, and it, yeah, they mention Huffer is dead, and um, which we'd not seen yeah. before. Uh, and then there's 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 the corpse that nearly lands on Daniel, uh, which always freaked me out as a kid as well. Yeah. That was that was something that was very memorable, and then Prime obviously appears, all battle scarred and whatever, and then his grave is empty, and and then yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty horrific episode actually. Of course, there's the <laughs> you know stuff of nightmares really, uh, and I know there's. The I just wanted to make sure nobody wanted that toy again yeah. after that episode. Definitely, and then of course at the end, he's all you know, he's half his face is yeah. blown off, and his eyes hanging out, and whatever, and he's lost an it's arm. It's the masterpiece MP10 variant we haven't had. I've often said that. I'm amazed that uh, all these Octopus Prime toys we get, like you get the movie battle damage and all that, but we've never had the Dark Awakening one where he's missing an arm. Or I'm amazed, absolutely amazed. I mean, with MP44, how difficult would it have been for them to have the facility to just like remove the arm? You know, it would have been <laughs> all right. Stick a couple of extra bits on it. Maybe when the clear version comes out, you can make one yourself. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Dislike. But uh, yeah, so in that episode, it, he comes across Octane, doesn't he? And then he, he possesses Scourge, so we get possession as well. He takes over Cyclonus too. I think he does for a bit, yeah. Because then Galvatron blasts him when he realises it's Starscream. That's true. It is such a fun episode. Or maybe a two-parter, I suppose. And one of the most memorable episodes of Generation 1 Easy. I loved it. I loved it. Absolutely brilliant. Loved that episode. I just remember the bit at the end when um, when Unicron finally gets in his body and the very first thing that happens is he ends up just being like blown into space. Do we know? Does he die from there? Because in Beast Wars, obviously, he's a ghost, isn't he? I think he uh, that was the implication that I understood, yeah, was that where Unicron blasts him that he's dead again, yeah. In a kind of Arnold Rimmer way, in that bit, in that episode in Red Dwarf where, uh, was it Time Slides, where uh, they muck around with history and then at the end, they're like, hang on a minute. Rimmer's alive, you're alive, and then he gets blown up and he's dead again. And it's it's just like that, but Classic. in Transformers. Starscream pops up as a ghost again in the Unicron trilogy. So we get another ghost of Starscream. This time I think it's an Energum. Yeah, that I've got to be honest, that I've not seen in hmm. years. So can't really uh, Armada I know better, but the other two cartoons can't comment on particularly. So how I remember the Unicron trilogy is that Starscream is knocking around with them kids. He becomes all good, all of that lot. Then Megatron hits the snooze button on him, comes back as a ghost in Energon, and he's evil again. It's the brand, isn't it? Can't right. go too off brand. Him, him being evil. Yeah, yeah. He's he was he, they had a word with him about it, and right, his shtick. You, you think that's become a core though of Starscream, like Optimus Prime? There's always a death in every series and something like that, and now it's Starscream has to become a ghost, and there's this kind of Megatron has to become Galvatron at some point. Was there, uh, there was some discussion recently about does Optimus actually die in every series that he's in, and and people were trying to rack their brains about where he's not died or not, you know, or at least come <laughs> close to it. And there, there weren't many actually. There really weren't many. You know, you kind of joke about it, but there really weren't many. Though it, it didn't happen. It's the Sean Bean of a of a franchise headlines, isn't it? Right. <laughs> Just 
dies and everything. Yes. Will he end up doing Warburton's adverts then, like Sean Bean? <laughs> There's a northern joke for, for you. For whom the bread. bread rolls. Oh, God. We now return to the real Ghostbusters. Let's talk about Transformers vs. the Ghostbusters, because we keep seeing this crossover pop up all of the time. Have either of you read the comic? I have not. Yes. Oh, you have? And by yes, I mean no. <laughs> yeah, I've not, no. Okay, so in this comic, Ghost of the Destroyer, a character from the first Ghostbusters movie. Did you say Dora the Destroyer? I don't think that's how it goes. It's Dora the Explorer, yes, mate. Dora the Explorer turns up with her Octonaut friends and <laughs> Clifford the Big <laughs> Red Dog. They all uh <laughs> forgot that book. I'm still waiting to do an Octonauts episode at some point. So yes, the story is basically Ghost of the Gozerian turns up, murderizes the Cybertron, turns all the Decepticons into ghosts, including Starscream yet again, who has some schemes going on. That takes him to Earth. He pops into Ectotron. There you go. Ah, so this is the this is the comic that was in line with the Ectotron toy, right? Like it was a recent. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. 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 Now, now Ectotron. That was CW Silverbolt remolded, wasn't it? <laughs> like that's the actual, the real one. I'm just saying that because he's got orange legs. No, it was um, onslaught, wasn't it? Or suppose like very Whatever. heavy retool. Yeah, yeah. They're they're all Silverbolt. The onslaught and uh, hotspot mold. But you've got that toy, haven't you, Sixo? I do. It's very nice. I like it. So a fair bit. Anyway, it's really nice in car mode. The robot mode's got some compromise, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, the Ghostbusters car is fantastic. Like, the proton pack turns into the roof rat, doesn't it? Also comes with a little Slimer, so there's another ghost. It's actually the same Slimer as the Masterpiece uh, MP10 Ghostbusters, but the Masterpiece one is really nicely painted. Hang on, wait. So you're saying the Masterpiece Slimer doesn't have ankle tilts, can't shake Prime's hand and fit in his trailer at the same time? It does fit in his trailer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure you could make it shake his hand as well. Proper Masterpiece. But it does. it actually attaches to the little uh, ghost roller the little, not ghost roller, what am I about? The little um, uh, ghost trap roller that there is in there as well. That's so good. That is really nice. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun set. See, that stuff's awesome. Those kind of little crossovers. But like, um, I think Ectotron is my favourite of all of the crossovers they've done so far because the car is so well put together, isn't it? Like, It really does just look like an actual car. You know, like in an area you get Generations toys now where they sort of look like cars or, you know, because they're trying to look like a cartoon robot. There's a lot of compromises. This one very much focuses on the car for a change, like the vehicle. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good toy, for sure. I really like what they did with it. And uh, as I say, I think actually the car mode itself does look fantastic, um, which is really, really good. And that MP10 Ghostbusters one, honestly, I love it. Uh, I, I was really, when they first announced it, I was like, what on earth is this going to be? And that's as someone that collects MP10s. You know, I was like, oh my God, this just sounds, you know, dire. I thought it sounded great, honestly. No, man, I was like, not. It's the Seven Eleven one. I was like, what? See, and that's lovely. They're they're all lovely. That um, yeah, Evangeline one is incredible, yeah. beautiful. Even the even the watermelon one, the the most recent one. I love it. If you say so. What's that one? That's the um, it's the shoe. Uh, yeah, the Atmos Safari one. It's like green and sort of pink and loads of weird colors. Does it looks like a watermelon when you look at it? One of the things that's always fascinated me with Transformers is its concept of death. Because some robots stay dead, others come back. You've got those floating Matrix ghosts that pop up, you know, the ghosts of robots pass and all of that stuff. So what do you think the afterlife concept is in Transformers? Do they actually die or are they just machines? 
Well, it's I don't know. It seems to be that some of them are permanent. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of um, again. It's I'm sure it's different in the comic than the cartoon, but there was uh, various instances in the comic where it, it seemingly certain robots are just too badly damaged to for like Ratchet, for example, to bring back. Um, but then they can seemingly be brought back by sort of slightly more mystical means. So like the last Autobot, for example brings back a load of um, Autobots in the final issue of the original comic. So that's one example. Um, but yeah, in the in the cartoon, I don't know, man, because it's that I, I agree with you. It's always sort of fascinated me, that bit with the Matrix, with the old primes and stuff, and that dude that just looks like a really kind of gnarly face, you know, like the orange face or whatever, that's like the kind of um, sort of epicenter of all of it, isn't it? So um, yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, you sort of see like a... Um... When Ultra Magnus gets killed on Junkion, he explodes. He's just popped back together. But like, uh, well, five- in the original script, he was uh, quartered by the sweeps, wasn't he? Very brutally. Another very horrific death. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Stuff like that. Whereas some of the Autobots are like shot once and they're dead. And like Optimus Prime's death seems quite tame, almost compared to Ultra Magnus. It's really sort of confusing, isn't it? There's no real. Well, I think uh, Ultra Magnus was a higher price point toy. Yes. So you know. Yeah, bigger box and all that. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I think it's all it's all narrative convenience, really, in it. Just whatever needs to happen at the time, but uh, it, it doesn't really make much sense. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those. I'm just fascinated if it's like Red Dwarf again, you know, with the Silicon Heaven. Could well be. Could well be. There's obviously something. Don't they? Obviously, kind of believe in an afterlife because we we don't really ever get a, a, a sort of clarification of what till all are one means either, do we? We just sort of assume that it's this. Uh, slightly kind of religious sounding thing but no idea what it actually means that only comes in like 100 episodes into the show <laughs> it's like the matrix isn't it it's an, mm-hmm. just sort of just suddenly pops up like they've all known it all along but there's this whole you see it more in season three again don't you when they journey into the matrix like it's some kind of heaven and this is another concept that's endured through later ones because we saw it in, again in like r.i.d 2015 don't we where optimus goes into the matrix and there are the spirits of oh yeah dead primes like micronus prime and stuff like that who they can access i was thinking about it because um with the most recent he-man cartoon the revelations when mm-hmm. when he-man dies he goes to yeah. like a special area doesn't he with other her- heroes and it's only them like a specific what was it called preternia yeah preternia is like this idea from the original toy line that it was eternia's past and it's sort of prehistoric times so you've got dinosaurs running around, volcanoes going off. But in Revelations, it's been reimagined as a sort of like afterlife gated community where like the greatest of Eternian heroes go once they hit the snooze button. So they kind of die, but they go to this heaven where they can run around on the backs of the dinosaurs and all that. But I just wonder if there's like a similar concept in Transformers. Like clearly there's an element of writers having creative freedom to expand or interpret ideas in their own way. But it's something that's always like fascinated me since I was a kid. Whether there is a genuine canon idea of afterlife in Transformers. Because you see some come back, but not all of them. I don't know. There must be something more to it. Someone must have had this conversation. Yeah, I think um, for me, I don't know. Uh, I I think that uh, there's definitely some way that they can come back, seemingly. You know, like Ultra Magnus is a great example of that. And there's too many of them that do come back. Um, So are they ever really dead? Uh, Maybe not. But uh, I guess the, the even like Optimus Primal, actually, thinking forward to Beast Wars, uh, you know, who dies and is blown up entirely. I mean, he would have been atoms uh, from, from that blast. But then Rhinox is actually able to go into the Matrix and bring him back. 
you know, his spark. So that would suggest that actually, yes, they ca- they can't be killed um, because. But I, I think even then there is a bit of a. With that, there was a bit of a time pressure thing, wasn't there, where Rhinox had to work quickly whilst the whilst his spark was still traveling or whatever, because it hadn't quite made it there the whole way. I think so, it just had the length of the episode. He just had to squeeze it in. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly yeah. it. Yes. Yes. 20-minute episode. Better get cracking. Right. He sets his little watch going. <laughs> I don't think it's like 24, where it all happens in real time, by the way. I don't think it's, you know. Do, do you think Do you think Rhinox like, walks out of the Axelon and... Uh, rat trap chats and remember there's adverts as well so you've got even less time <laughs> you <laughs> you it, yeah. yeah i don't think it's quite like that but that's just one example isn't it where clearly they can be brought back after death to some degree yeah everything sort of circles this mystical MacGuffin almost because we see it again in kingdom with the allspark and we see like dinobots ghosts stuff like that again it's very much there is an artifact yeah. that sort of all life seems to revolve around which is very different to humans well, there's there's tons of ghosts in Kingdom, isn't there? Because there's all the um, Alita One and Floaty Magnus, Floaty Magnus. Sorry, T Magnus, T Magnus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Old T pose. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's, and then they come back at the end. <laughs> Careful not to get T magged. <laughs> wow, <laughs> my God, T bag Magnus, T Bagnus. <laughs> But, uh, you know, they, they all come back at the end, don't they, and save the day in a bit of narrative convenience. There you go, another one. So it's like how, how we, we've written ourselves into a bit of a corner with this one. How are we going to get out? We'll just have all the ghosts of all the dead Autobots come back. And... So, wait, wait, what? Those toys are still on shelves in another country? Bring them back. <laughs> yes. But even there with the, the Dinobot ghost, again, there's like no sort of context for it. It just, again, it's another thing just to move the plot, isn't it? Because these are stories written by people and that's why these things happen. And so it's hard sometimes to fit rules around them. I, I guess it's what you get with a, a franchise that has changed so much over the years that has never really been consistent since day one with what it's trying to do. I mean, it, it, I guess it's always funny to me. I do it as well, you know, where people kind of bemoan the lack of continuity between the various Transformers live action films, but there's not even really been that level of continuity with the cartoon from one episode to the next, you know, let alone the film or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's no great surprise, but there is this kind of like mysticism element that runs throughout the franchise as a whole. And that I do think is quite interesting that, that there's that consistent approach to it, no matter what the series is, um, you know, even in, uh, even in things like um, RID 2015, you know, where you've got Optimus there who has, died but then comes back in visions and, and actually does come back to life as well so it's it's clearly a running thread it's a running trend that exists in the series to have this kind of mysticism this life after death question as well um and i i suppose for me it's more like why does that keep popping up narratively why what is it about transformers that people it's in the original series bible that thou right. must bring back dead characters in season four slash movie two of any transformers concept. It's, always, it it's a season two staple in any series, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it does seem to be. Or a movie two staple. So do you think the fact of having this, like, you know, the Matrix, the old spots, do you think that makes these concepts more palatable for sort of a children's cartoon? Where we're talking about death, ghosts, zombies, vampires, monsters, creatures, you know, these very adult concepts, but they are brought down to a level of a children's cartoon and toy line, and you feel like you can get away with it, and it 
I don't know. It's sometimes when you break it down, it seems at odds with what the source matter is. Yeah, the the inclusion of the Matrix totally made the brutal deaths of all the Autobots in the first twenty minutes easy to swallow. I mean, it was totally made sense after that. You know, flames out of the mouth, <laughs> cold blooded destruction of Ironhide at the feet of Megatron, smelting pot Autobots. You know, yeah, the Matrix made all of that okay and totally made it understandable. Yeah, the, the second you saw that flickering blue glow, you're like, ah, that's the plug hole they all go down. Well, that Matrix light did actually give us my favorite ghost transformer, which is, you know, Ultra Magnus, old tea bags. Old tea bags. <laughs> Piss tea bags. <laughs> Piss Magnus. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not a ghost. I mean, as far as Crystal Transformers goes, that is the that is the best one. And also Clear Hot Rod, you know, same same kind of moment. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Until we get the pink hot rod. Yes. They can do a clear pink one. I'd be all right with that. Oh, can you imagine how beautiful that would be? A clear pink one would be would be a magical thing. Oh, it looked like yes. a push pop. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I remember those. You're not you're not supposed to lick it, Liam. Why? Those just go spy changes are like a few molecules away from being Jolly Ranchers, mate. I'm just lucky I haven't eaten one of them already. Are they ghosts as well? The ghosts of spy changer past. <laughs> Control the episode, Liam. Well, I'm just going to ask: Are there any uh, any other ghosts? that you'd like to talk about? Well, I've, I found the whole Necrobot thing um, in More Than Meets the Eye quite brilliant as well. Yeah. With capturing the, the dying Autobots and, or Decepticons, just dying Transformers. I thought that was fantastic. That was, a, that was quite a fascinating way to dive into it as well, wasn't it? Like the way mm. he tied up so many just little loose ends as well through it. Like, you know, him going back and removing characters from places where... You know, oh, yeah, yeah, careful. He, Sixer hasn't read it yet and he needs to. On the list. <laughs> The Transformers will return after these messages. Okay, so it's time for that part of the episode where we talk about our sponsor, who is, of course, tfsource.com. Uh, so thank you very much to them for sponsoring the pod, as always, and they do continue to do so. Uh, but yeah, I'm just looking on their site now, and there's loads of good stuff in stock at the moment. I think the one thing that we're all excited about, or certainly excited to talk about in different uh, ways, is the new MPG-01, and yes, it is 01, Liam. Oh. Trainbot Shuki, uh, which is the masterpiece Raiden, uh, first trainbot on there. So that's really exciting, isn't it? So Immediately caught my eye as well. That is, without a doubt, by far the most interesting thing for me on that page right now. Absolutely the one I would lay down the cash for if I could right now. I'm really into that. I think it looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, I cannot amazing. wait to see yeah. the other the other toys and to see how it all pans out. We've had a little tease of the combined mode. I think it's going to be a good while, probably. I, I would imagine they'll space them out a little Two bit. Two years, and, apparently. Yeah, exactly. I had read that. So, um, so yeah, this is the time to get on board with that, yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. Uh, and uh, see how it pans out. So, But I did notice that TF Source have got some other stuff as well. They've got, uh, I didn't even need, know these were coming up, but X-Transbots have got loads of mini-bot repaints going on, which is kind of exciting. So they've got uh, all kind of different homages, like some of the BotCon uh, tap-out and things like mm-hmm. that are getting sort of, you know, third-party masterpiece-styled upgrades or updates. variant mini-bots, Brazilian yeah. variant mini-bots, yeah. So, some really niche stuff. I think that's that's really cool to see as well. So, uh, And the other thing I spotted this uh, this week was the, we talked about him earlier, the J Balvinatron, but actually TF Source have got him in as well for pre-order. Um, I think the other thing that really stands out for me on that page is the... Um, the world's chonkiest Optimus Prime on the uh, on the special stand. 
Oh right, yeah, yeah. Like fat that, prime, fat prime. Yeah, it's fat prime on a stand. Is, is yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. It's the a consecutive base. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I've seen online a lot of people are kind of like, what? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they, don't really, they just don't really get it. What what they've done? What now? It's a proper um, chocolate. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, but it's. It's a thing. There you go. You can order it if you want. The stand is a little bit weird. What's the stand a reference to? I think, uh, was it Lego that I originally saw the whole Tensegrity stuff with? Um, I don't know a lot about it, but I do definitely know that it was um, it was a Lego thing, how to suspend things, how to make things stand with tension or something like that. I really, really don't know. But now it's got a fat prime on it. If it can keep him up, it's got to be doing something right. Exactly. There you go. So yeah, lots of great stuff in stock right now at tfsource.com. Do check them out for all your transformers and third-party needs. We now return to the Transformers. The next stop on our ghost train ride through the supernatural is a little bit more bloodthirsty. It's time to talk vampires. And we've seen quite a few of these, haven't we? Um, I actually didn't think we had, but then... <laughs> but then but apparently we have yeah i'll say yes well just recently we've had draculus yes it's kind of a yes that that is one that i can definitely think of this is brilliant i i love this draculus thing because i did like um titan's return mind wipe and i think this is super cool and yes the fact that he is in transforms the movie in that great hall of decepticon <laughs> yeah. is brilliant just brilliant I checked that out. I sent you the picture, didn't I? But uh, after, because it was, it was on the mini side, we were talking about it, weren't yes. we? And uh, one of our Patreon mini sides. Uh, for those of you wondering where this discussion was, it was behind the paywall. But uh, it was, uh, we were talking about the fact that there's that Dracula looking character in Transformers the movie in the, the, the Decepticon Hall of Heroes. Yeah. Uh, but he's definitely there. It's, it's definitely a Dracula nod. Yeah. Big golden statue in the coronation scene. Yeah. That's very cool. So do we not think they are just sitting here absolutely combing every single frame of Transformers G1 and someone has spotted that, you know, that Draculus in the Coronation Hall and goes, ah, 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 we can make that. <laughs> I thought you were doing a Dracula impression for a minute. <laughs> this Cal Von Count has popped in. Yeah, I, I genuinely, I thought, <laughs> thought there was going to be some, you know, wanting to suck your blood action going on but i know i i I'd, I'd love to think that they did comb that cartoon that movie but i i don't think so i think they just spider money opportunity and went with it but the first vampire in transformers was thundercracker the italian name for thundercracker was vampiro ah. i would have thought that would have gone to skywarp you know what maybe it was skywarp i think you might be right <laughs> it's it's astrum corvo vampiro those are the three jets in Italian. Astrum is Starscream, and Corvo and Vampiro are the other two, and I get them mixed up. I didn't know you spoke Italian. I don't. The boxes do. I'll read the boxes. Yeah, but you're adding a very nice little uh, inflection there on it. Yeah. Corvo. It's Maz's posh accent again. It starts up in an espresso in a moment. <laughs> don't drink coffee either. Don't like crunchy biscuits, and I don't drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. I I like I like crunchy biscuits. <laughs> hey, look, man, they are the best biscuits on earth. So do not diss those biscuits. But yeah, Dracula. So have either of you bought that toy? I'm going to assume the answer is no. I haven't bought uh, it in three months. No, I haven't bought that toy. I have it on the way for review from our wonderful sponsor, TF Source. Have you seen the box? I have seen the box. It's wicked. 
I have seen the box. It's wicked. It's very cool. I wish they'd revealed that when we did that packaging episode. We could have got <laughs> yeah. a third part out of it. Whole other thing, isn't it? So it is mad that they did that. And I think this was in a mini so discussion as well that we were saying that collaborative generally it's it's so random now isn't it it's like gloves are off it could be anything you know because at one stage it was like okay they've done ghostbusters they've done back to the future mm. you know what's it going to be next top like, gun was kind of yeah, yeah all right. exactly top gun was kind of on that theme whereas now jurassic park was already a little bit of a curveball by throwing in the dinosaur as well as the the vehicle uh, and now with dracula and you know old jay balvinatron or whatever it's it's like literally what is it going to be next you know you've got bands and uh, you know old monsters being um collaborated with and things like that so telling you london transport that's what it's yeah, going to be yeah, yeah. i would lo- i would love to see that zamboni make it happen guys but yeah dracula is definitely a bit of a bit of a, a weird one isn't it but i think was it because they have the right somehow to do it with well, but dracula is public anyway isn't it the rights to dracula right but I think this is very... This is licensed, isn't it? Because this is the Universal Monsters version of Dracula. Yeah. this is. I was going to say, that's it. Right, it's Universal. Thank you. I was trying to remember which you know, studio or whatever it was. But yes, Universal Monsters. Do you think we'll get the rest of the Universal Monsters? Because we almost got them in G1, didn't we? There was that unproduced vintage horror movie monster toy line. You had Dracula turn into a bat. I think it had the fly. And then there was the, the Soggy one. Oh god, I'd forgotten this. Yes. You see the concept art quite often, don't you? Yeah, I'd completely forgotten about these. So and they were never produced, but um I would, I do wonder now if they licensed Universal Monsters completely so we'll get like the mummy, Frankenstein and the other one, Invisible Man. There's another clear plastic toy. <laughs> I've already got it in my collection. It's in that little space on my shelf just over there. It's really good. Deep in the canyons of Nebulon, Galvatron creates Headmaster Horror Cars, fiercest Decepticons of them all. Headmaster Transformers, more, much more than we see. With Headmaster Horror Cons, the jaws of the beast become the pilot of the plane, and the pilot of the plane becomes the head of the robot. And when the head enters the robot's body, you get a readout of its Decepticon power. Destroy the Autobot! Never! Each sold separately. Now with Horror Cons from Hasbro. Lads, we're talking about Dracula, vampires, so you know where we have to go next. We've got to talk about Mindwipe. His toy leans very into that anyway, but when you see him in the cartoon, he even talks like the old-style Draculas that you sort of remember, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I found that really naff to begin with, then went through a phase of thinking, ah, it's G1, it's kind of cool, but I think I've gone back to naff. I'm not sure. It is a bit naff, but it's G1, isn't it? (laughs) You know, you take the rough with the smooth, it's all part of the... A glorious hole. For what? <laughs> Please tell me you said glorious hole. Uh, yeah, I think that's what I said. What did you think he said? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> there's, your, there's your end of episode bumper. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you said when you were finished with the glorious hole? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have to ask your mum, mate. I don't know. <laughs> oh, 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 have we descended to your mum levels of banter in this in this <laughs> show that's, now? That's okay. Not again, all right, that's all not right. Okay, okay. <laughs> Liam can edit that out. Nope, nope. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my wipe. <laughs> no, it's a very cool, very cool toy. Are you thinking G one toy or the Titans Return or, or which one were you thinking of specific, or just all of them? 
all of them in general, but for me, it's the G1 toy is far better than the, the Titans Return toy. I like the Titans Return toy. It's fine, but... It's clever. It's fun. I love how the wings sort of fold around to become the legs. That's really different. And, and it was a breath of fresh air. A breath of fresh, rubbery, will decay in just a few years air. <laughs> but still cool. Yeah. G1 Mind Wipe in Japan is called Wipe. Yes, he is. Yes. And G1 true. Blot, which is a monster in Japan, is called Butt. So <laughs> you could have Blot well, and Mind Wipe, Butt Wipe. Yeah. Mind Wipe's vintage toy is a great toy, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it does have the issue with the hand because mine is broken on one side with the little peg. The tabs on the arms always break off. Yeah, it's very difficult to find one with intact tabs on the arms. I do love it though. It's just so distinct, isn't it? Yes. Even with like Weird Wolf and and uh, Skullcruncher and that, it's, it's it still just feels completely unique. Yeah, lovely translucent red canopy that it has as well. Really dark red. I love it. Yeah, I had it as a kid. Love that toy. Love it now as well. Might get it out for a bit of a fiddle later. Mind wipe too. Yes, yeah, yeah. After playing with mind wipe, maybe. I think this is one I've only come to experience in like the last five years or so. Same, actually. It's really nice to discover G1 toys like that, you know, as an adult. Yes, I had that same experience with mind wipe and Weird Wolf. I had neither of them in my early collecting or as a kid. I only had Skull Cruncher and uh, I actually had both horror cons as a kid. I did have Skull Cruncher, but I didn't have mind wipe or Weird Wolf. And I did have Snapdragon. My wife's Titans Return Toy, I know we talked about it briefly earlier. It is quite a good one. I like it, yep. I did like it. It was also redecoed into another bat. Convo bat, yeah. Yeah, the Optimus Primal guy from Beast Wars. Mm. So, you know, bats in Transformers are cool. Yeah, especially cricket bats that come firing out of Polar Claws. (laughs) (laughs) Dracula coming at you. (laughs) Surprise! I'd forgotten all about that. Still one of my favourite moments on this podcast. Uh, I was going to say, Fans Toys did a very nice mind wipe as well, actually. Uh, not everybody's a fan of Fans Toys. Some people obviously love them, but that was a very nice toy. Uh, and, and one that actually, uh, in a rare moment for them, had a really, well, relatively simple transformation as well. So it's one that I think even as a, a non-third-party collector, you could pick it up and be fine with it. Wasn't that the same with the Weird Wolf Lupus as well? It was a pretty straightforward transformation. Yeah, pretty straightforward. That that toy now, that lupus, is yeah, mad because it's uh, <laughs> just the amount it goes for. Yeah. Absolutely chronic, honestly. It's absolutely ridiculous. Best mind wipe toy for me is Fans Project Sigma L. Yes. That is a superb toy. I've been waiting to mention that like just for the last few minutes. Like I think I keep picturing John oh. Strong in my head. I'm like, he's listening yes. to this going, bring that up, bring that up. The little coffin on the back, you know, the Perfect. headmaster yes. is yep, spectacular. That's it. That's exactly what I was thinking of when, when this whole episode was mooted. I thought like, there must be an opportunity to talk about Sigma L. Six toys ain't about fan toys. It's not for everyone. It's the same with fans projects, isn't it? They're not cartoon designs at all. They're so different. But that one in particular is just, I think that's like the perfect mind wipe for me. Like the way it takes all of those horror concepts and stuff like that. And it just, it's beautiful. It's a perfect third party product in, in so many ways. It's generation scale at a time when you were never going to get a generation scale headmaster. And it's, yeah, it's mind wipe, but completely new concept and done in a super creative way with two massive shotguns. I mean, how how excellent are his shotguns? And the wings are fantastic on him. Just a really great toy. Beautiful colors as well. It is, like you're saying there, it's like that time when they were, you know, reinterpreting a design to something different and something new, but it's still familiar. But it Mm -hmm. accentuates all of the personality from that character, all of their traits are 
are pulled out to a completely different degree. So it's something new and yep. all of its own. And it is. It looks like something out of an anime, doesn't it? It's got that whole like Helsing yeah. vibe to it. And yes, for sure. I, th- I don't know if my memory is uh, failing, but I almost felt like um, in robot mode, it almost looked like he was dressed like Dracula as well. It just had sort of like molding that evoked that vibe. It's, it's got that like a uh, Dracula, if Dracula was a rock god vibe, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. It really does. And, and th- that's just coming straight from John's pictures as well, isn't it? Boastful Manfish's photographs of that toy. Just for. I think it's the perfect Halloween Transformer. I can't see past it for anything better. It's Sigma L's first thing that came into my mind. That coffin cockpit. Yes. How, how great is that? I remember the first time I saw pictures of it, and for a moment I was like, oh. and then as I clicked across, one of the pictures was of that, and it was like, oh my God, that is perfect. That's how you do this. Yep. Yes, for sure. There's little headmasters lying in coffins there. Yep. I think I've just enabled myself on buying that now. <laughs> you, you must do, yeah. Because those toys are quite cheap, aren't they, generally, the fans' project headmasters? Now's the time you can get them for a great price, and they're all great. Yeah. Did they ever finish them? No. Hmm. We never did get Hardhead. Did they not? No. Nope. That, was that the last one? Is that like a Make Toys? That would have been the last where one. they didn't do Highbrow. Oh, Make Toys didn't do anything. <laughs> they didn't do Highbrow. It was, highbrow I think it was five years ago yeah. now that it was teased, something like that. Yeah. Not even teased. There was prototype pitches. Yes. Test shot pitches. That's right. Um, out there. Uh, gray resin ones and uh it was at like the same show where the seekers were shown off like the mm. thunder and they got made mm, one one has well the the original seekers sorry i'm thinking of the cone yeah. heads mm. but one of the cone heads got made but uh yeah no they hopefully will still do them i don't know maybe not there we go we get to pay our respects to <laughs> make toys headmasters at any opportunity i get to bring it up i will Did either of you ever watch the old Cybertron cartoon? They had these ancient Decepticons who were based on classic monsters of myth and legend. Did either of you see any of that? Yes, I watched the whole series. Do you remember this? No, because I really didn't see any of them. <laughs> okay, so there is an episode where there is a character called Crosswise. I don't know if you were aware of this character. And he's basically... That's a spy changer, mate. All right, Gavin, it's a spy changer, you know. All right, all right. Oh, it's a bloody spine changer, mate. All I'll right. cut you. <laughs> Apples and pears, mate. Apples and pears. Oh, yeah. Cool, blimey. But um, no, there's this whole episode, and Crosswise is basically the Van Helsing of Transformers. And um, he kind of goes back, and he's been on Earth from like ancient times. And it transpires that all of these ideas of monsters and Dracula, vampires, all of this stuff, it all comes from these ancient Decepticons in the disguises they were wearing at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, for some reason, Crosswise is defrosted, but he's just like Van Helsing or Blade. And so he's just this monster hunter, like all Transylvanian. And, you know. <laughs> There's so many 07 movie vibes in what you're saying. Like all modern technology came from NBE1, who's frozen. It's the same thing. It's absolutely wild because he's suddenly revived. And then all these creatures get let loose by Starscream because, of course, that happens and stuff. But he's still just going around like this crazy monster movie ripoff. <laughs> Sounds actually quite good. <laughs> Actually, you'll know the toy because it was reused for the Buckcon Shattered Glass Jazz. Oh, yes. Yep. That was the toy. It was crosswise. Didn't they do a smokescreen out of it, too? They did. If you've never seen it, I definitely recommend checking that episode out. It's super funky because you've got crosswise going around as this Van Helsing-style character hunting down monsters, and it's just very funny and very silly. Toad and Superman! 
So moving on next, let's talk about The Dweller in the Depths, which is a classic Generation 1 episode. It's a bit hard to forget if you've seen it, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, it's a memorable one, certainly. I haven't, I haven't seen it in years. It was, what, it was one I never saw as a kid because it wasn't, I don't recall it being on VHS, but I never knew it as a kid. Um, and uh, I was about to launch into a thing about VHS then, and I won't, because <laughs> we do it every time, don't we? We do it every blooming, every blooming time we talk about that cartoon, talking about VHS. But um, I, I didn't have it, I never, never knew it as a kid, saw it as an adult, and it was just one that I was like, what on earth is this? Because you kind of build up an impression of the, the G1 cartoon based on the episodes that you saw as a kid. And then when you realize that there's like a whole load out there that you haven't seen, you assume that they're going to be along the same lines as the ones that you've seen. And Dweller in the Depths is one where it just goes completely <laughs> just left field a little bit. Isn't it? And you, because re- hang on, from my memory, the Quintessons uh, built creatures before the Transformers, before the Autobots and Decepticons, and they stuffed them in the middle of Cybertron, didn't they? And kind of locked them away. And then they get out and start causing chaos but the weird thing in my mind was that some of these creatures like what were they smoking the quintessons when they made these guys because one of them is like a giant bear with like huge claws one of them's like a massive yellow gorilla or something with like squid arms i can't it's just like it's to say it's messed up is an understatement what it is is yeah the quintessons they these are the pre-transformers basically these are the first yes creatures they created and they were so dangerous they locked them away and the core of Cybertron. Which, fair enough. I mean, when you see him, you're like, yeah, you didn't quite get it right, did you? What are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at screen caps from the episode and I'm realising it's, it's I, insane. I don't remember any of this. It's a mad episode. The Quintessons have this madcap plan that to rid themselves of the Transformers and take Cyber, Cybertron again. They're going to unleash these creatures, so they send Galvatron down there and they're going through all these underground caves and stuff. And um, they come across those beasts first. I love that the Quintessons' plan, invariably in any given week, is like get Galvatron to behave like a bit of a burk because he's just like unhinged and off the rails. It's just like let's let's take advantage of that dude because he you know can't string a coherent thought together. He's like a few slices short of a, short of a pizza, so we'll just we'll, we'll get him to cause a bit of chaos and we'll be all good. And and it normally works. And in this episode, so they send him in and um, it all goes awry, obviously, but they end up in this sealed room and the first time they'd see the actual dweller is these glowing eyes appear in the wall behind him and Cyclonus is like, we're not alone in here. And that's when this giant worm creature bursts out and it starts sucking all the energy out of the sweeps, doesn't it? And he pops him in his backpack. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, he sort of puts him in his backpack and then they all turn grey, don't they, with like red eyes. Yeah, it's almost a bit like the hate plague, isn't it, when they touch each other and it turns them... It's a very similar, yeah. yeah, very similar idea. Well, there's a missed ways. opportunity for a studio series repaint. What, just make everything grey? Yeah, <laughs> just another sweep. I'm amazed that we don't get more hate plague repaints, actually, because it's such an obvious one, you know, or like a, a white alloy Optim- Optimus Prime as well. I love that they go to for Ultra Magnus, as most people will say, when I was a kid, that was my hate plague Optimus Prime. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, not Sixo, it was his butler. I mean, he could have a whole fleet of butlers, an entire line of them. No, 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 no. The, the, the regular colours Optimus was the butler. Just with He the just had his fist. fists, didn't he? <laughs> Get it right, Maz. Come on. Dweller in the Depths is a great example of a spooky episode of, of a Transformers cartoon. But even better than that, it's Thirst from Transformers Prime. 
which is probably my favourite episode of any Transformers cartoon ever. Why? I watched it on your, you know, on your request, and I liked it. Great voice acting, actually. The interplay between Knockout and Starscream is fantastic for this. Some of the lines, the stuff about when he's talking about voodoo and driving theatres and stuff like that. There's a lot of that. If you tell him to shoot for the head, it's just because he saw it in a film. That's, that was a good line, actually. <laughs> I did like that. Like Transformers Prime is when you watch it, it is more more adult than you would expect for a Transformers cartoon, particularly this episode because they're all got very like xenomorph style mouths, haven't they? And they're all mm-hmm. yep. It, it ends on quite a scary note as well, doesn't it? With um, uh, what's her name, Arachnid? Mm. Not I was going to say Black Arachnia, but uh, <laughs> God, that's not that's not right. Uh, with Arachnid kind of um, sucking everyone's energon or whatever. Uh, so no, it's it's a, it's a dark old thing for sure. So they're really kind of committed to it. Yeah. They really did. And this episode even begins with Silas fused inside Breakdown's corpse, strapped to a table and being experimented on and brought to life in a very clear Dr. Frankenstein homage. Yeah, that whole Silas character, anyways, is quite... um, It's been a few years since I've seen the cartoon properly, but that's um, quite disturbing anyway, isn't he? Because he's like a a human that then is connected and and he's essentially dead, but kind of hooked up to a dead uh, Decepticon. And then, you know, and then turned into a, this kind of zombie thing. So it's it's all pretty grim. Um, I, you know, again, it's been a good few years since I've seen Prime uh, as a cartoon. I know lots of people that love that cartoon, love it. And I know a fair few people that do not like it one bit. So it's, I think it's a really divisive show, which is weird because actually when you watch it, you think, why is this, why would this be divisive actually? You know, it's not, doesn't sort of seem like it would inspire that level of disparate opinion. Um, but I think on the whole, you know, it's a, it's a quality show. It's it's well put together, and they did have some very unique ideas in there. So all credit to them. Yeah, guns and sports cars are what people really want, and trains. Uh, I got to admit, because I haven't seen the series, I couldn't tell whether this was something that actually fit in with the entire show, or whether it was just a one-off Halloween special Prime episode. So I think I just sort of judged it on face value as a neat way of doing a halloween style transformers episode i didn't really and obviously you know the dark energon stuff was related to other episodes you could tell that but uh yeah i didn't like I've, i wouldn't know how much of what transpired in that episode then carries over to later episodes like you know is arachnid still kind of zombified with dark energon by the time you see her next time i think that's her last appearance i don't think you see her after that because that's season three isn't it so i think not long after that you get the beast hunters movie don't you and that's about it. Mm. But I don't think yeah. she's in it. And they wrap it up pretty much after that. Last and um, probably least, <laughs> let's talk about zombies. Uh, yeah, quite a few, aren't there? Quite a few old Transformers zombies, zombie, zombie, zombie robots. So I guess it. This is the one really that you would think would be the most obvious because, um, you know, robots kind of coming back from the dead, as we've already sort of ascertained. Ghosts is a bit more kind of mythological. Vampires is just like a, a, it's a horror trope, you know, but uh, zombies sort of plays up to the whole, like, they're robots and they can be reanimated and whatever. So that actually sort of makes sense to me. So uh, the one I always think of, of course, is the Marvel, uh, what is it? It's uh, City of Fear. I'm trying to remember the name of it then, but the the whole, is kind of an extended storyline that goes on in the, the original Marvel UK comic. Uh, called City of Fear, and then there's a there's a few other issues after that. 
and uh, that's got loads of zombies in it, absolutely loads. Um, because Ultra Magnus um, and some of the some of his troops go back to Cybertron, and they get zombies coming at them and whatever else, and it all turns out to be a nefarious plot by Flame, who's a, an Autobot scientist that's gone rogue. Uh, and has basically cooked the whole thing up to kind of distract people from the fact that he's actually trying to turn Cybertron into like a big warship. So it's it's a very strange storyline, but it's it's actually really really good. Uh, and the artwork is horrific as well. Uh, really really nicely done. Flame is another one of the mad scientists who are always mucking about with stuff they shouldn't be. You know. Yeah, they're always doing stuff like that. It was a bit like in old uh, Transformers Prime, wasn't it? It was a bit of that as well. Um, just like stop messing around with stuff. Do you know what I mean? Stop doing it. That was just the that first episode. That yeah. first episode was just that, wasn't it? Yeah, literally that. Just in, injecting breakdown with whatever they had lying around. Yeah, it's crazy because just watching this, it struck me how often the mad scientist trope repeats in Transformers. In this show, you've got Starscream and Knockout mocking about. Mm. Then you've also got. Shockwave, who's got his own little lab where he builds Predacons and all these sort of things. There's quite a few, and it spans the whole generations of Transformers, like we're talking about there with Flame. City of Fear is a good one because it deals with something that I always find quite interesting in Transformers, and that's the idea that without brain modules, they can just be controlled because they are just machines. Yeah, and there was actually some precedent for that in the comic because they'd already done it with Optimus. There was um, a very early UK story where Optimus is, uh, you know, his, his non, non-living body, if you will. They actually animate it to kind of make it seem like he's alive. Um, so there is some precedent for that as well. I think they are machines, obviously, obviously but, but they definitely have some element of a soul or something, for sure. So these issues, you get zombies, and it's just, it is a, a recurring theme because we see them again in Regeneration 1, don't we? Yeah, that's really gruesome. That's like, that's actually horrific. Uh, again, but in like a whole other way. Um, yeah, because basically I think what's happened here, isn't it, that all the Autobots have, have buggered off from Earth and left Megatron to it. Not knowingly, though, they thought he was under wraps. Uh, they thought it was all fine, but he came back um, and then found all the kind of uh, Decepticons that had been killed previously and basically reanimates them as like mindless slaves. He kind of lobotomizes them, doesn't he, and then reanimates them. Um, and, it, and I think from memory, all apart from Starscream, who he leaves like a little tiny bit of sentience just to kind of mess with him, basically. Make him suffer. Yeah, exactly. It's the ratchet head that really gets me. That's the bit where I was like, oh, man, this is, uh, this is some sick stuff. I'm going to assume you've not read this, Maz. Uh, I have actually read this. You have read Regeneration 1? No. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to do it. I knew he was going to do that. Oh, I thought you said you didn't come dressed up. Here you are as Grumple Stiltskin over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. Well done. But uh, so, they, yeah, he basically fuses Ratchet with his rocket sled, doesn't he? In the sort of ultimate torment, really, and just kind of lets him watch everything that happens over these sort of 20 years. It's very gruesome. Yeah, it's horrible. It's a, one, one that sticks in the mind, let's put it that way. Why do you think this kind of thing pops up in Transformers every now and then? Why, like, specific writers feel the need to take it to sort of like the horror genre instead of more sci-fi kind of and, and staying more in that sphere? Why do you think horror comes into it every now and then? I think it comes into it more than every now and then. I think it's, it's, it's there very often. Well, but why do you think Transformers lends itself to that? 
Yeah, I, I really don't know. I guess it's again because they're robots, and you can you can mess around with them. You know, you can annihilate them. You can pull them apart. You know, like that that image of um, and it's all kind of where this storyline about Ratchet and the Sled starts is because uh, you know Ratchet and Megatron are fused together uh, mm. in the Generation One comic, and you must have seen that in yes. Smash of the two. Yep. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's really like body horror stuff, extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, and you you couldn't do that with human protagonists really do you know what i mean not in a kids comic anyway like i'm sure there are uh you know other marvel comics that have done stuff that maybe more extreme whatever but not necessarily to the same degree and not necessarily with the same element of extreme uh you know kind of candid way that it's portrayed um and i think it is just the fact that they're robots there's a bit more of a license for it I was uh, reading more than meets the eye and lost light. Like there are elements like that, that make it into the story as well in various stages. And I always saw it as a way of demonstrating the particular perversion of a particular character or a particular series of events or a dark moment in history. But why, like in general, why that would be included in just general transformer stories. I don't know. Is it just for variety for a little bit of shock? There's more room for manoeuvre, isn't there, with what you can do with them and how you can pull them apart and put them back together. And it's not as graphic if it's not human, I suppose. As to, as... But is it to evoke a certain reaction then or evoke a certain emotion in the reader or the viewer in the context of Transformers? I think so, yeah. Certainly shock. I think uh, in the particular case of the comic, I think there was definitely a kind of, uh, you know, how shocking can this be? How graphic can this be? Um, you see a lot of that. Uh, you know, I've written a couple of times about various shocking moments from the comic and a lot of it is i think to really kind of like wow do you know what i mean look at look at what's happening here you know so and so has been blown apart and all of this and i think mm. it it does it does kind of add that weight to that storyline i think as well you you would have had a lot of writers i'd imagine who even though they're writing a comic for kids they would have wanted to push the boundaries as far as they can for their own you know for their own enjoyment and creativity weren't they so they would want to see how far they could go with it their own horror influences i guess yeah you see that a lot in more than meets the eye and stuff don't you again this comes back with the spark eaters and stuff like oh, the, yeah. the djd being pretty all around mm-hmm. horrific with all sorts of torture things don't you yeah i really felt it worked brilliantly in that story it was a very well engineered part of history and the horror worked perfectly in that context it wasn't just for effect it was to paint a picture of how things were or are and it was it was really well done for me yeah, because you get the revelation of what, you know, what Skids was, you know, hiding and mm-hmm. stuff in those comics. And yep. absolutely. That seeded from the start, but no matter what you thought of, nothing was as horrific as actually what happens right. in those moments. Just like, and it's, sometimes it's like the littlest things are the most horrific, isn't it? Like, it's almost his choice and he survives and stuff. And that's somehow way more horrific than what happens to everybody mm-hmm. else because it's very gruesome and chilling. So what do we got left to talk about? I know. Let's talk about the sparklers. Does anyone know what was going on here? Because uh, I don't think the show explicitly explains where they came from or what their deal is. Well, you guys told me not to watch Siege, so I didn't bother. Yeah, but since when do you listen to what we tell you to do? When you tell me not to do something that requires effort, I'm all on board with that advice. Hmm, Okay. Uh, well, from my memory anyway, Sparkless is just like, what are they, just like junk um, junk robots, right? Wait, you're Without... saying Sparkless, aren't yeah. you? Not Sparklers. 
No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> this whole time I've been wondering sparklers. That's a bonfire night thing. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Sparklers. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's the moment that you suddenly peak for this conversation. You were like, yeah. oh, yeah. Um, no, uh, spark sparklers. I don't know. Just non non animated robots. I don't know. I'd need to watch it again. But I don't know if there's ever an actual explanation of why they are knocking around or. Repaints, mate. Repaints. <laughs> but they do, because they, they've done toys of these, as you've seen. Toys. Debatable. <laughs> but um, you have seen them, because they pop up in Kingdom, don't they? Very briefly, when Megatron goes into the Allspark and falls through that, I don't know, to sort of wobbly floor? Is that with all the dead reflectors? There we go. Yep. So the dead reflectors are the sparklers. So where does the Pooshu come into it? <laughs> It does look a bit like a poo shoe. It's the, it's the Prowl Blue Streak mold, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but made to look like a poo shoe. <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> what is the bad I thing? I don't know. It's not know. even I... in the show. What's that about? I don't know. It's it's a weird looking toy. What can I tell you? I don't own it, so I don't. You know, can't comment on it too much. But certainly from the pictures I've seen, I'm like, hmm, <laughs> poo shoe. I don't know what's going on tonight. <laughs> Do you guys remember the Terracons from Transformers Prime? In the first episode, the Hasbro paid The Rock a lot of money to voice Cliffjumper right before they killed him. Cliffjumper, not The Rock. I have seen that legitimately. Is this true? Or I'm about to go, yes, yes no, and you I have to go, no, not really. No, I have seen that. Hang on a minute. Who, who voiced Cliffjumper in that episode? It was The Rock. What, Dwayne Johnson? The Rock, yeah. Now, are you sure no. about this? Because the other day you said that person in the 2007 movie was Judd Nelson, and it wasn't. And it wasn't? No. I checked that out on IMDb. It wasn't Judd Nelson. Oh, man. They were just making up facts now. Yeah. That's my job, remember? <laughs> you should know better than to trust me when I've had a few drinks. Did you know the um, G1 Scourge in the tests for the movie was actually voiced by Sir Ian McKellen originally? I'm not saying anything, because I don't, I don't trust you at the minute. No, it's a load of just like your Judd Nelson story. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been doing that all night. You've been, like, making up stuff the whole time. It's Halloween. Was it really The Rock in that episode of Transformers Prime? Yeah, he voiced Cliffjumper. No, I did not know that. That's why he gets killed at the start. That's what, I did, what, specifically that's why he got <laughs> brought in <laughs> The Rock, and they were like, well, we've got to kill him then. Budget expended. Yeah, exactly. We can only afford him for one episode. So I'm, I'm now debating about this rock malarkey. I'm like, I can't decide if that's legit or not. That is true. It's, that's definitely true. Probably like he just read it wrong. It's Theo Roque or something. Yeah, there we go. Voice <laughs> roles, Transformers Prime, Cliffjumper, Darkness Rising, Part 1. How about that? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Well, that's nice. I, know, I didn't had no idea about that. You think that they would have shouted about it a bit more? Maybe they did and I just missed it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was pretty prominent at the time. And I'm, no, I just missed it then. Is he voiced by Dwayne Johnson when he returns? No. No. Well, well I, I say that. I didn't know he was. Very short. It's It's Judd Johnson when he comes back. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> confidently tell you that it is not <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. Uh, I don't know that to be true, but I will say it confidently and God damn it. But I mean, when, when he comes back, he's like a zombie anyway, so he's probably only just like going. Rrr, rrr. Yeah. Oh, well, that was why. I, that 
that was my summation of it. He's, he's, he's just like a snarling beast, isn't he, at that point? So the, the voice acting process when he's on his way out. Can you just give us a few growls, Dwayne? No, someone just kicked him on the way out. It's in the shin. Yeah, take that. Nobody kicked the rock in the <laughs> shin. Like, nobody's nobody's going to do that, are they? Well, again, I go back to that story of Liam not preparing for an episode and instead watching a documentary about wrestlers who turned up at some kid's children's party. And, you know, The Rock was there. Maybe some kid just kicked him in the shin. Actually, the documentary was about an ice hockey team. That was just a little part of the documentary. And gangsters. That's what that was about. Mm. Do we have any gangster Transformers? The swindle count? What about um, the Moosehead guy from... Yeah, Thunderhoof! Yeah. yeah, he's the gangster. Yes. He's another I can think of. He, f- he feels like he'd fit in in The Sopranos. Absolutely. But yeah, but the Terracons recur throughout Transformers Prime, don't they? Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. I must admit, though, I'd completely skip that they were called Terracons. That is just, I'd, I'm sure that they were. Uh, I mean, I'd skip that it was even The Rock, so what do I know? But uh, I somehow hadn't remembered that they were called Terracons. I don't know if you remember, but they made a toy specifically called Terracon Cliffjumper. I do remember that with the uh, yes, I do remember that toy. Do you actually? That's the muscle car, isn't it? Yes, it's the muscle car with the with the horns. Yeah, I remember that. Another dead toy for your collection, Liam. Mm. A collection of none. <laughs> dead toys and toilet bots. It's niche, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> it's really niche. Speaking of which, look what I bought this week. Hey! Oh my god! You've got the you've got the toilet. Oh, hang on, hang on. There he is. Especially for this episode. Ah, oh, wonderful, spectacular. We got there. That's the vin- that's the vintage Ghostbusters toilet, isn't it? Fiendish flush or something like that. <laughs> fiendish flush. <laughs> Fearsome flush. That's his name. Fearsome flush. Oh, okay, that's actually not as good. Originally voiced by Judd Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> that goes in everything. I love that not like two or three episodes ago or whatever it was, you were sitting here going, oh, I don't know why everyone keeps thinking I'm into toy toilets. And then now, <laughs> now you're here presenting one that you've yeah. just bought. I guess the evidence was that you were A, looking to buy a toy toilet yes. and have now B, bought a toy toilet. So, hmm, <laughs> what could have, what were the clues? I think you'll find this is the textbook example of peer pressure. <laughs> And plus, we record for so long sometimes, you know, and I can't get to the loop. That's a disturbing image. That's a very disturbing image. I saw it on Hasbro Pulse the other night, and I thought, oh, gosh, I've got to buy this. Oh, no. Especially for the Halloween episode. Wait, so that's a new toy? Yeah. I thought that was the old one. I thought it was a vintage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've re-released the vintage toy. Like, oh, have they? They, they oh, reissued yeah. a toilet. They've re-released, like, all the real Ghostbusters toys. Have they? Yeah, Hasbro have been doing all these old Ghostbusters toys, and they've been re-releasing them all on the vintage Kenner-style real Ghostbusters cars as well. They look exactly like the originals. So you've had Ecto-1, the car, you've had a whole bunch of figures, and then you've got the shooty stick thing, uh, fired like foam tennis horse, it's called, Ghost Popper, fired these foam tube things. Of course it did. Megatron, that's what it was called. Judd Nelson, again. They've done all the figures and stuff like that, and yeah, and the toilet for some reason appeared in there. That's what I was talking about when I said I kept seeing it at Forbidden Planet. That was very specifically what it was. So you admit that you were constantly talking about toy toilets, then? You're owning this now. <laughs> yes, I was perusing toy toilets. <laughs> it's another one for the collection. <laughs> yeah. 
But Terracons. Yeah, the Terracons in Transformers Prime are something very different to the traditional depiction of Terracons. Hmm. I guess now Terracons are just like whatever they need to be, aren't they? Because they're in the new movie as well, aren't they? They're in the old uh, Rise of the Beasts. But again, different thing. It's because it's a good name, isn't it? They are? Maz is pulling a face. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they So, like, you know that um, Scourge, the, the new, yeah. Oh, yes. With all the with all the logos on the grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the leader of the Terracons. They're not Decepticons. Interesting. It actually even says that the in the some description or whatever that the Terracons are not aligned with the Decepticons and that actually there's a you know they're like a whole other faction. Right. So is, is this going to be a bit like R.I.D. where the Decepticons were not Predacons? Right. Exactly. And we had a scourge truck there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see what they're doing. Oh, yeah, maybe it's that. Don't know, but yeah, because then they're bringing in Maximals and as well, but I don't think Predacons, which is kind of weird. But who knows, man? I'm actually quite fascinated by where this is going. It's it's certainly different. It's certainly different. Like I know, in a weird way, like I kind of like it because they're doing something, they're branching off and doing something completely unique with it. You know, so like obviously 2007 and all of that. You know, people are like, oh, they they changed a lot from the original series and, and and everything but actually with this it feels like they're really kind of creating their own new mythology for the kind of first time in a funny way you know rather than kind of borrowing from other stuff so it'd be fun to see well i mean you were making it sound quite grandiose like you know creating their own mythology oh sure yeah they, 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 they've, they've used the name terracons for for a new faction so we'll see how that works out do we think they're going to combine to make a lot of a vehicle mode abominus sort of thing, yeah. like a vehicle combiner, a truck lord. <laughs> I mean, the Terracons do tend to combine just about everywhere, don't they? But even in Transformers Prime, in the toy line, you got a box set of smaller combining figures that turn into abominus, which was redecoed for the last movie. Was it called the Last Night or the Last Nightmare? <laughs> What's a nightmare? <laughs> It was given a black repaint, as a, I think as a, something called Infernicus. It's a very demonic light. Which film? It was the one that you and I watched together, Maz, and then you started asking me how my day was and stuff. Like that. <laughs> it was a dire movie. So how's work? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was, that was that one. And uh, I think someone had fallen asleep. And So uh, I may have missed the bit that Liam is... Uh... It was just—it was in the soup of stuff at the end. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just like it was just there was some the smelting things pool. happening, explosions, robots. There's the, just a mess of things happening was on screen. Stonehenge in there somewhere? Yeah, yeah, there was Anthony what? Hopkins as well. Yeah. <laughs> Fish punch. Yeah, maybe Kay a toilet. Yeager. I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a toy toilet. You know how Who in knows? every Transformers movie they've always been here for slightly longer than the movie before when they're like. <laughs> We've just arrived. Then before it's, we were here in the sixties. Nope, World War Two, Stonehenge, <laughs> the planet yeah. is a transformer. Yeah. Oh, oh good, yeah. no, wait, no the, yeah. the planet's Unicron. Yeah, well, yes. God, I wonder if that will come back. These monsters are having a little tiff. He thinks roast beef flavor monster munch is biggest, and he reckons new pickled onion flavor monster munch is biggest. Uh-huh. Here comes the biggest authority in the land. He'll sort it out. Oh, well, that's ended that argument. Monster munch, the biggest snack pennies can buy. 
We're going to each go around the table and pick what we think is the most spookiest Transformer. Maz, what's yours? I think uh, Sigma L from Fans Project. It's it's the one I think of when I think of Halloween and spooky. And just a shout out to the horrific head underneath Octopunch's helmet. We're going to have nightmares now. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Sixo, what's your, your choice? Uh, I don't know. I mean, some of the pretenders are pretty horrific, aren't they? Like I was fascinated with Skullgrin uh, as a kid. The the pretender shell and everything's pretty bad, you know, pretty badass. Um, but then the, the other guys as well. Um, so they're they're pretty nightmarish. Um, maybe Sinner uh, Twin as well. I think is pretty kind of up there, um, kind of monstrous. So yeah, maybe maybe one of those guys. The, my choice would be Shockwave. He's not thought of as a horror bot or anything like that, but he's he's purple. He's got one eye like a gorgon. Got one hand. He's a mad scientist. Everything about him is very sinister and horror movie. Yeah, I could see that. He's, yeah, yeah, he's kind of very horror movie-esque in his way, isn't he? I think he's low-key the scariest Transformer. Of course, I have a couple of horror stories about Shockwave as well, so I guess it fits. Oh, maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe that's my influence. <laughs> Your nightmares have become mine. You want to stop breaking them, mate. That's the thing. <laughs> we'll stop buying them. All that remains is to lay this episode to rest. Thank you to everyone for listening and sticking with us for this episode. Maz, I believe you've got something to say about Patreon. Yes, I uh, want to thank our Sixos Butlers, which is, of course, a perk of being the top-tier patron, as well as getting the exclusive minisodes. So I want to say a big thank you to our Sixos Butlers, which are Nick, Jonathan Logic, Howard, Dean Watts, Danny Roberts, Chris C137, Andy, Cannon, Preston, Brian Fox, Chris, Billy Ho, Spider-Father, Adam Shoemaker, Zachary Blader, Matt, Stephen Perkins, Bad Saturday, Justin Masaru, Dave Dalrymple, Snowcrack, Julian Trombetti, Geo Kaiser, Yusufer, John Pearl, and Cliff Zaras. What a list. Wow. What a list. In a, in a year's time, that list is going to take you a full hour to receive. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be brilliant. Can't wait. I legit thought he was going to end with, we didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. And uh, another thing that we've uh, promised as a perk to some of our patrons is the uh, facility to answer questions on the pod that people ask us. And uh, the first question we're going to go with this week is from Chris C137, who has asked us what our favorite transformation is on any Transformers toy from any period or era. So, uh, Liam, you got your answer handy? What are you going to go with? Oh, uh, I think I'd probably go with the Datsun. I just think they're so simple and they've been redone and influenced so many toys over the years following. And of course, they suffered quite a body horror in their history with you, didn't they? <laughs> were, they were they still fun to transform after that? Uh, they were a lot tighter, let's say that. <laughs> there was much less clearance. So wait, did the, did the roofs not come off completely? Were they just like impacted? They were all crumpled. But that transformation is so elegant and it's it's amazing like how it can apply to toys with modern engineering and articulation yes. and stuff. And it still carries over because there's so much room right. and it's, it's so perfectly done. And I just, I don't know, I think it's unbeatable. I think it's up there with the minibots as well, you know, the way they pop open and stuff. And mm-hmm. I just think there's something to be said about that. 6-0? Uh, I think for me, the, I mean, look, the one that immediately springs to mind is a G1 toy as well. It's Hot Rod, which is just um, timeless. 
<laughs> You're pulling a face now, like, that's what I was going to say you really was. It absolutely is. I even wrote a bloody article about it, but yeah, okay, go on. Have hot rod. Go on. <laughs> yeah, well, you asked me, so I got in there first, mate. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's a timeless classic, isn't it? It's just um, absolutely wonderful. It, it, it's got everything that you want in a transformation. It's mm. not too complicated, but it's still involved. It's got really nice clicks to it. So, like, the leg click is wonderful, the way it yep. slides down. The little spinny uh, backpack section is wonderful as well when it doesn't come off. But, uh, <laughs> no, but like, even the way the legs, uh, sorry, the arms come out, uh, the chest flip is... Yeah, man magic absolutely magic and the fact that to this day uh even some diehard well-known transformers fans continue to get it wrong yep. <laughs> in photos is yep. hilarious um but it's it's just an all-round fantastic toy but the transformation is just one for the ages and i don't know it's just one that i could do repeat i have done repeatedly since i first got the toy never got bored of it G1 Hot Rod would be my answer as well. It's not one I owned as a kid, but when I borrowed it from my friend as a kid, I realized, oh my goodness, what am I missing out on? And I, um, when I started collecting as an adult, it was a very hard toy to find. Uh, I used to buy broken ones to see if I could fix them with junker parts, and even that was, um, was the most Hot Rod I could get until I finally got a reissue. And I think the reissue is my favorite one to transform, especially the first generation Takara reissues, because the spring-loaded uh, roof that just snaps into place on on his back is just brilliant. And everything you mentioned from rotating the forearms to the really cool head flip. And something actually one of our friends um, told us is uh, that on the reissue especially, when you have put the head on correctly, you can then compact the head and the neck one step further and it clips in and it's extra secure. Yeah, it's the chest onto the... The arms that hold the chest, there's a tiny clip that that compacts one step further and it's just super cool. Great transformation, both directions. Only thing that comes close for me as an obvious answer is G1 Jetfire. But I think G1 Hot Rod for me is also the best. Hot Rod, of course, is interesting as well for the the additional leg extension, isn't it? That's actually Mm -hmm. built in, but sort of prohibited. Um, that wa- was on the original kind of prototype or whatever, and then right. taken out. But you can still get it, can't you? If you unscrew the legs and everything. Um, yeah, some can... modification you need to make to it. I don't. I think yeah. that it no longer transforms, but it just is a robot mode with the extended legs, with just longer legs. Hmm. But he does look very. He does look very long of leg. Yep. Um, doesn't he at that point? So, but yeah, just wonderful toy. Wonderful toy. I honestly think any instance. I come across a vintage G1 hot rod in great shape, complete. I will just super struggle to resist buying it wherever, whenever, just like not on eBay, but like at a show or someone's selling one on Facebook, someone lists a reissue cheap. Just I find it so hard to resist G1 hot rod. The way all the joints move, there's this really nice feel to it. It's yep. really smooth and it all slides in. Beautiful. Yep. Imagine if it was pink. <laughs> Thank you, Chris C137, for your questions. And uh, we're going to endeavor to work our way through these in subsequent episodes. 6 I believe you've got some things to also say. Well, it's worth mentioning about our Patreon as well that, uh, of course, if you haven't signed up yet, then maybe you should. I don't know, give it a go. We've got lots of patrons now, which is really, really nice. And uh, as Maz said, lots of different tiers as well. We've got four tiers overall. So you can just give us a quid a month just for your unwavering support. That's always nice. But then you can sign up for some of the, the higher tiers as well to get things like early access to the main podcast, uh, to get outtakes, stuff like that. 
Uh, you can ask us questions. Uh, and the top tier, you can get exclusive mini-sodes, which is probably the, the kind of key perk. And a lot of people, uh, actually the biggest share of our patrons seem to be going in for that that top tier, which is really, really great. So uh, I would like to think that means that the content is worth it, I guess. Certainly we have fun recording them. So I think they're always the most fun to do. Yeah, there's some really kind of off-the-wall topics and things as well. So it's it's definitely pretty neat. And you can also support us by checking out our Redbubble store as well if you want to buy some Triple Takeover merch. Uh, some of the designs on there are actually related to our, our Patreon because they uh, come up from discussions from that. Uh, but that's at redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Triple Takeover and uh, forward, forward slash explore actually for the, the best option because the interface otherwise is not the easiest to kind of get your head around but there are loads of designs on there so do have a little click through check out all the different de- designs there's t-shirts, mugs, uh, phone cases, wallets loads of stuff, coasters, leggings. leggings leggings, yeah exactly, essential gear and thank you to TF Source for sponsoring us remember they've got you covered for Transformers and third party so yeah, cheers to them for sponsoring the episode and of course, you can follow us as Triple Takeover on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as well. That is at Triple underscore Takeover on Instagram and Twitter and at Triple Takeover on Facebook. And of course, we have our dedicated YouTube channel now where you can listen to the episodes there as well. You can find links to that on our social media. And if people wanted to follow you guys on social media, where should they go? I'm on uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. At 60TF. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at TF Square One. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Toybox Hopebox. And so, with that, the lid closes on this episode. Or it's just time to close the curtains. So, I say we dust off and nuke this one from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Shall I do we do the bread theme song now? Gotta get up, gotta get up. <laughs> Grab the world by the throat and shout. Greetings! <laughs> Lie low, Lil! <laughs> I think I speak for listeners here where I just say, what is going on? A cut, that's what, a cut. <laughs>